episode 179 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always. It's my pal, De Quincy. Hey, everybody. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, busy week. Uh, just got back from Disneyland, right? Isn't that where they go? <laughs> That's where the Rams are going to be. Right. <laughs> no, no, I didn't go to Disneyland, but I uh, watched all those commercials of uh, them asking the players who, where they're going, which honestly I kind of forgot they still do those commercials. You know, I saw that commercial no today at work, mm-hmm. and it just felt so out of the blue. Not yeah. just because you don't see it often that often. It's like, bitch, COVID's still around. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> well, when you're a Super Bowl winning player, I'm sure you'll get, you know, I'm sure they could, and it's Disneyland, I'm sure they'll close it for a day for you. I don't like being around people on a, like, in my normal work area. I don't know how I feel about being around, what, a thousand people inside a theme park? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, full disclosure, this podcast almost didn't happen because my computer decided to pick today to update. Oh, boy. It, it was so annoying because I put all this stuff in my computer. I've upgraded so it runs fast and everything. RAM, memory, all the teraflops, terabytes, whatever. And then I opened up my computer to turn my laptop to turn it on. And that thing said, updating, warning, your computer may restart a couple of times. And I swear to God, it took about 45 minutes for this thing to Oh and you know when your computer runs like it runs slow and everything like you don't mind that but when your computer is like lightning fast like mine is like as soon as i open my screen and hit the power button it turns on i put in my password it immediately goes to the home page there's no like slow loading because mm-hmm. i have um what are the things called not the sd cards um the solid state drive instead of a hard drive so it just it just finds the information loads faster but i swear to god it took forever to do anything today so this almost didn't happen so be thankful always <laughs> oh and add on that so i log on to zoom to start setting everything up and my microphone and my um, headphone are not working so i have to go reinstall them it was a nightmare Jeez, louise yeah that's that's quite a bit to quite a bit to go through to get to where we are today Yes, but, you know, we suffer through it so we can please the 10 of you that listen to this. <laughs> hey, let's, let's not, let's not uh, uh, pull the curtain on the fourth wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go back to the Super Bowl. The Rams did it. They defeat the Bengals 23-20 to 20 in a entertaining, if not great, game. Um, it wasn't a blowout that I was predicting. In fact, there were times where it looked like the Bengals were going to 
just take over the game and they couldn't put the Rams away and the Rams were able to come back and get um, Cooper Cup played, you know, the game of his life, especially after OBJ went down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the name? Stafford didn't make too many mistakes. Right. And Jalen Ramsey um, needs to send that footage of him literally getting his his face mask <laughs> like 90 degrees the other direction to the the uh ref union <laughs> that, was that was like pretty bad when, like when i first saw it i was like oh he just got beat and then they show the replay it's like um who was it was it higgins i think so i think is that their tight end uh no higgins their other wide receiver besides no those are tight end oh the tight end at yeah. the for the touchdown in the third mm-hmm Okay, well, he basically twisted his head around like it was a um, like it was a uh, Mexican so um, Coca Cola. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love when there's obvious fouls that don't get called, and a commentator team just has to keep on rolling with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could have called something, but they let they're really letting them play out there. It's like he nearly gave him paralysis. What the hell? Out of my yeah, ass. and. As as bad of a blown call that was, considering it, you know, it it resulted in a touchdown. Uh, it gave Cincinnati a lot of momentum. Not a dreaded word. The worst, the worst non-call was in the fourth quarter, prior to the touchdown, the game-winning touchdown. It was a uh, pass interference on the defense on on Cincinnati that put the ball at the one-yard line. Oh, that should not have been called. It, it's be, the only reason that's called is because it was the linebacker doing an excellent job be, defending Cooper Cup, and he, yeah. he he did his job too well and got called I, for I it. couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, I was I was shocked that they called that, and it you know it it sealed the deal for for LA. Yeah, but well, also at the at the end at the same time, two bad calls that. One, two, two bit, two. Well, no, a bad missed call and a bad call, or, or a bad non-call, and a bad call that shouldn't have been made. Um, at the end of the day, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Joe Burrow, you're not going to win a Super Bowl when you get sacked seven times. When your offensive line lets you down, you're not going to win. They had to be feeling good at halftime because they only given up one sack at that time. And then <laughs> LA just brought the dogs out. And I was talking to my brother and I was talking, I was like, this is like what happens when you take a sledgehammer to a, a wall. Like you may not get it on the first swing or the second <laughs> swing, but right. you just keep swinging and swinging. Eventually you're going to bring it down. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened to the Cincinnati offensive line. I think we were saying I said that and you agreed to me when we did our Super Bowl preview. Like I don't know how they, they were gonna stop Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the second half that came to fruition. I was looking pretty good in my, my prediction at that point. And then they just said, nah, <laughs> screw your predictions. They were triple teaming um Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. They were doing everything they could short of bringing an actual rhinoceros to take that man down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a good game. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a. I mean, I I know you were looking for a blowout. I was per- hoping not for a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a low scoring snooze fest. Uh, yeah, it was. You know. Do you remember? I remember that. That was the uh, what was it? Rams and Patriots game a couple yeah. years ago. Was it thirteen to three? Ten to three? It may not. Even, I just remember. I always remember this story from Bomani Jones because he was there. Cause I think it was Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So he was there with Pablo Torre. This was when when they were doing High Noon, and mm-hmm. like they were there watching the game, and it was so boring. Like Pablo turned to Bomani was like, "You know what would make this game exciting? Commercials." <laughs> and speaking of commercials, what did you think yes. about the commercials that we saw last Sunday? Anyone really, um, you know, either draw your your fury or you loved? Yes. <laughs> uh, none that I really hated. One that I was, not that I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was just shocked by it, to be honest with you. It was a very shocking commercial to me. All right. Which one was it? that oh i'm not looking at the screen hold on oh the irish spring uh, you irish got to t- you gotta tell about it because spring. i don't know oh, excuse me i had to i did not see that commercial when did that happen i think it was the thir- uh might have been the fourth quarter okay this is the most expensive uh commercial day of the year mm-hmm. for television correct it's like six correct. million seven million dollars for a 30 second spot I completely forgot Irish Spring existed. Didn't even know they had that kind of cash. And yet, here we are. They're putting out a 30-second Super Bowl commercial. Who knew they had that kind of cash still? Because back in, back in the day, back when growing up, my grandfather used it. I think I used it briefly. Remember seeing commercials for it? I haven't seen an Irish Spring commercial in at least 10 years. Are you saying Irish Springs is the Arby's of soap? They're out here laundering money. That's the only way they can be making money. Is that what you're saying? I don't know how they're doing. Well, no, because Arby's at least, you know, they still put out commercials that I see, you know, every day, basically. It was, Irish Spring was a very out of sight, out of mind brand for me for a very long time. I saw that commercial and it was just a basic it was literally a basic Irish commercial. Like it, mm. there was no celebrity couldn't probably can afford a celebrity. They probably had just enough for, for the commercial itself. Uh, and there they are plugging Irish spring soap. And I said, you know what? I respect it. I love it. I'm buying Irish spring tomorrow. And sure enough, I went to CVS and I bought a three pack of Irish spring. Yes, people. He's literally sitting here in his room, holding up Irish Spring to the camera. <laughs> I kid you not. A three, a a a, uh, a pack of three bars, four fifty, at CVS. Not bad. That means they're selling. They must be selling a ton of these. If you're getting a, a three pack for less than five dollars, like. Or they just made a ton and are trying to get rid of them as fast as possible. <laughs> I don't know, but 
I, I was I was shocked. <laughs> I, I, I can know tell you, I haven't used bar soap in God knows how long, buddy. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. We are a loofah family over here. Um, let's see other commercials. Um, if you were a fan of crypto, you were pleased. I don't know if you oh, saw man, the one I... the one crypto commercial where it was it was just a QR code bouncing around the screen like a screensaver. I've never wanted to buy crypto so much in my entire life. I didn't even know what the hell it was. Like, <laughs> so I was watching it bouncing around. And I think to myself, this is probably for crypto. <laughs> <laughs> like, a sign, like all I had was a commercial just bouncing around. And I was like, this seems like something some crypto farm factory would think of as cool and cutting edge and hip. And sure enough, it's for crypto. some crypto company that crash like 10 seconds after everyone saw the ad and so what the hell are y'all people doing um just scanning random um qr codes on your phone why are (laughs) y'all doing that that lack of thinking is why we're in the pandemic that we're in right now (laughs) you could have y2k 2.0 on that damn thing because crypto was a commercial day. There was um, also commercial. One of the commercials that I loved until I found out what it was about was the uh, one where LeBron James goes back in time and talks to his younger self. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was great until, I, until the buy crypto ending came. I was like, oh, oh that's it. right. I forgot. A, it was a crypto commercial. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a great son of a bitch. Fuck this. <laughs> so, there wasn't any other commercials that really spoke to me. I'm thinking right now, I can't think of what's because it was all crypto. There was another one that we didn't even talk about that was about Larry David. Like basically talking about don't be Larry, don't be Larry David. I, I wouldn't buy crypto. I'm like, I'm not buying it either, Larry. Um first time, first time you you and Larry uh are on the same wavelength. Yeah. Me and an old white Jew together like this. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, um, man, I can't think of anything else. Um, it was all crypto and Irish Spring. <laughs> Irish Spring for you, buddy. <laughs> there, of course, there's food commercials. There's car commercials. I just don't remember anything being like, you know, groundbreaking. Like, mm-hmm. Only infuriating with the goddamn crypto shit. Um, you know the best Super Bowl commercials. I started putting in best and um, the, you know, the Google autofill came up, and the first thing it had was best Futurama episodes. Oh, because it's coming back. Yeah, are you a Futurama guy? I was not. Mm-hmm. I didn't get into it. I've seen a, a hand. I mean, I've seen just over a handful of episodes, and it's it was always good. I just mm-hmm. uh, wasn't able to, to get into it right, you know, at the jump. What about you? Are you a huge drama guy? Oh yeah, it's nice. one of my top animated shows. And when I say animated, I separate anime from American anime from Japanese people. So, 
gotcha. don't think I'm trying to put it up there with Attack on Titan or anything like that. Right. Uh, let's see. Best Super Bowl commercials: Squarespace with Zendaya. I don't remember that. Flaming Hot Cheetos with Megan The Stallion. God. Planet Fitness with Lindsay Lohan. Okay, I remember that. Commercial. Oh, I remember that one too. It's yeah. fine. I'm glad Lindsay Lohan is getting work and is seems mentally stable. Yeah, I mean, what better way to work on your mental than getting a good workout in? Helps oh. clear your mind. Oh, forgot this one. Jim Carrey's Cable Guy. Oh yeah, that's right. He did the Cable Guy revival for Verizon. That was good. That's about it. Let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. It's not the commercials. It's not even the damn game. It's the G <laughs> Funk halftime show. How does it feel knowing that we are officially the old people in the room? Right. Because <laughs> you remember uh, about a decade ago, we were complaining, oh, nobody wants to see the Who or Bruce Springsteen or. Uh, the Rolling Stones or anything like that. Now we're the old heads talking about, oh, yeah, Snoop, Dre, <laughs> M and M. You got Mary J, 50 made an appearance. Yeah, this is my shit. I'm stepping in at home. We were Kendrick, for the for the the younger millennials. Yeah. Like the like for the millennials who were like just considered millennials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at the cutoff. I, I feel like that's me because I love Kendrick. He's, he's one of my favorite rappers. Um, yeah, I, I love the show. It's I don't. I feel like whenever something happens now, we start ranking it as the best ever. Like so mm-hmm. early. Like I like it. It was probably top. It's definitely in the top five. That's fair. Because up there, it's uh, Prince and Michael Jackson's have to be up there. Both of those. Mm-hmm. And then, I agree. Personally, for me, Beyonce. <laughs> because I was going through my Facebook feed, and it, it reminded me of a post I made during Beyonce's Super Bowl where, I don't know you remember, but she was, like, dancing, and there were, like, these mirrors. Like, not mirrors, but, like, uh, their screens. And they kept multiplying Beyonce's. So <laughs> after that happened, I posted on Facebook, where can I get one of those Beyonce multiplying mirrors asking for a friend? <laughs> yeah. And so that's up there. And then also one that's up there that maybe people don't wouldn't put that put that high up there because of what they did, putting their music on people's iPhones a couple years ago. But U2's performance after the September 11 attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's in my five. That's more than music. That's a emotional thing. Sure. So that, but yeah, this one I put. I'm I'm either going three, putting it three or four. It depends how how pissed off I want to make the beehive. <laughs> right. Because Prince is yeah, one. Mean, Prince is one. <laughs> Michael is two. And I'll put, I'll put, uh, I'll be prison mode. I'll put the G Funk three and the Beyonce one four. There you go. Recent, recency YouTube bias. Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, the thing I liked about it, you know, I mean, they, they really made sure to, to stick to the hits. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I and... told you there he was going to play lose yourself. Didn't 
<laughs> of course. That was the guaranteed bet of the century. <laughs> that was like the only one he could play, mm-hmm. probably, if we're abiding by FCC guidelines. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was a great, great performance. Um, you know, just with these, and yeah, I know they're they're older guys now, and they mellowed out and stuff like that. But it's it's it was kind of bizarre to see like these, you know, former like real like tough rappers and stuff like that, rapping to like all these like background dancers <laughs> like. Oh, I thought you were going to say singing to middle-aged white America. It's so No, crazy. I mean, they've been doing that for, for years. No, it's still crazy to me because Snoop and Dre were like white America's fear 30, 35 years ago, and now they're so mainstream. You can't Im- imagine American pop culture without them. Right. Like, think of everything Snoop has done. Like, basically... Just think of everything he's done since the in- invention of social media. <laughs> like he's become everybody's like cool uncle now. Mm-hmm. He's up there with like Peyton Manning and Shaquille O'Neal, like in terms of uh, marketability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a you know we look at them as, as just the the athletes that do spot you know that are you know do commercials, but like overall entertainers, like those are like the three go to guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you did you see the story that conservative media is trying to run with? Snoop was. Are you are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. He was smoking weed before the halftime show. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> In California. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Get out of here. I'm like, y'all need to find something to do. Go get some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, people, this whole thing about people being canceled or non-canceled and, you know, the honest truth is no one can really be canceled because you're always mm-hmm. going to have fans no matter what you do. See um, C.K. Lewis and Bill Cosby. <laughs> Cosby, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, Pill Cosby. Uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg is 100% uncancelable. Like, at this point, yeah. yeah. He's bulletproof. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do next year to top this show, though. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Um, where is the Super Bowl next year? Oh, who has a? St- <laughs> My question is always, who has a new stadium? Is <laughs> it? Super Bowl. Uh, Glendale, Arizona. Oh. So this the this year's halftime show. Made a lot of sense because it was like, you know, it was highlighted by Snoop and Dre, who are L.A. guys through and through. It's Mm -hmm. in L.A. You know, you throw in Eminem because he, you know, was produced by or I guess discovered or produced by Dre. Um, uh, What else? 
Kendrick is, isn't he based out of LA? Yeah, he's from mm-hmm. LA. I mean, that'd be the easiest way for them to do it to find local artists from that city, town, state, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So who's the biggest, the biggest act from Glendale or from Arizona at least? I woo, good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's see the next three Super Bowls: Arizona, Las Vegas, and then New Orleans. New Orleans, you can get anybody. Mm-hmm. I think anybody. New Orleans and Vegas, you could get any celebrity to do it, and it would be a big deal just because. You know, those two towns are, you know, symbolic of party culture and things like that, you know, yeah. having a good time and um, leaving your end. So that will be door. that will be hard. And like the, you know, it doesn't have to be as star studded, but if you get one big name, then that I think that'll, you know, that'll be fine. Uh, next year, I mean, it's going to definitely be a step down just because this year's was so big. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, it. it it's going to have to take a backseat next year. Um, and then, you know, you can get back on track with, with big towns like uh, Vegas and, and New Orleans, but Glendale, Arizona, I mean, you know, you can get, I don't know. Who would you like to see that hasn't done it before? That hasn't, that's a good question, man. I don't like, I never really think about that just because I don't know who, who would fit in that environment? Because it's like, it's like with the, at stadium itself, you have to cater, you have to, you have to find a balance of catering to a lot of rich people because that's all that goes to the games basically. Mm -hmm. Well, shit, the t- ticket started like 800 a pop. That's <laughs> all can go. Right. A lot of rich people um, of varying demographics, you know, because there is going to be that that young accountant or whatever, or a lawyer that's going to take a once-in-a-lifetime chance to go to the Super Bowl and spend the money, spend the extra money. And then there's going to be the corporate guy, you know, the, the vice president that's going to go and, you know, well, don't worry. About, only, don't worry about satisfying them. Just you personally. Who would you like to see? Well, at the same time, you have to balance that and the viewer at home, where it's everybody. Everybody's watching it. Young and old, rich and poor, black, white, Hispanic, everything. So you're gonna give me some really some tough band call. that no one's ever heard of. That's what you're setting this up for, aren't you? Well, because like I don't listen to a lot of like top forty essentially so like there's artists that i know that could put on great shows but nobody you know the 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 mainstream audience probably doesn't know them but and i don't want to pick somebody old you know like you know after after this super bowl halftime show like maybe we should go back to getting a little bit younger i don't know i don't know but um Gosh, I mean, I'm just looking at uh, I'm looking at music playlists that I put together, and it's like I don't know if any of these would work. I mean, these are bands that I listen to and like, but so you know, 
<laughs> the funny thing is, if one of your bands made it, you'd be like, oh, they've gone corporate mainstream. Ah, <laughs> oh, they've lost their soul. You know what? Uh, who would be good? Because I think he would, you know, every, oh, most people like him. Mm-hmm. Childish Gambino. Yeah. He's, he's big enough, I think he could do it. I think you know that. I think that would be a great performance. Uh, Only thing I, I said with him is um, he needs to get to work on making the next season of Atlanta. It's coming out. <laughs> it's on its way, right? Yeah, and then the season. I need more. I did not just one season. I need multiple <laughs> seasons. The problem is all those people from that show have gotten insanely popular. Yeah, and they're just they're doing big up. time movies. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Zazie Beaks was in the Deadpool movie. She was just in um, the Harder They Fall, that Netflix uh, black cowboy movie. Same with uh, what's his name, Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. And ah, uh, uh, I can't remember Paperboy's real name, <laughs> <laughs> but he was just in Eternals. Sorry, it's gonna be so annoying. I can't remember his name. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, paper boy, paper boy. Go ahead, get that paper. <laughs> He's awesome. Man. He's a really, really good actor. Yeah, they all are. That's why they keep mm-hmm. getting pulled into other shit and not being able to make the next season of Atlanta. Lakeith uh, Stanfield was in uh, that movie. Sorry to bother you. Yes, that was a great movie. It was a trippy tripped out movie but like it's really really good like dog y'all need to get back to work <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll, Lakeith Sanford Judas and the Black Messiah I mean Brian Tyree Hill was Henry was in a King Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong mm-hmm. uh, he was in Joker that's I think I remember yeah he was yeah uh, he was one he was the um not the patient, what's it called? He was like the desk clerk yeah. at the mental institute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, these guys, these people, they need to get back to well, they get back to what we what I know and love and stop doing other stuff. <laughs> he was in uh into the spider-verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh Miles Morales' dad. He played he was uh Jefferson nice. Davis, yeah. Which means he he's he's probably doing lines right now for the sequel. Right. But yeah, if it, uh, Charles Gambino, yeah, that'd be a good pick. I'm trying to think of, I'm in the same boat as you, but it's not like I don't listen to Top 40. It's like, I, I <laughs> basically all my music choices are from like five years ago. Like, I don't know the hot new artists that are around right now. Right. So I, and, and like, uh, Kanye is just he's uh, uh i was just at this point i was just thinking of him because he has the songs that everyone knows and loves but he you can't trust him to put on performance right now yeah now if you're in the nfl (sighs) 
We're gonna have something like Jack Harlow and Logic or something like that. Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you could do you could do Rock, and you could go Nine Inch Nails, who, you know, Trent Reznor is a. Uh, he's like a. Uh, what do they call? Uh, you know, uh, he's like been nominated for everything. Grammy, Tony, Mm -hmm. Oscar, you know, like he's a mainstream artist that I think would get some attention. Like, I think it would get some buzz. Maybe Paul McCartney one last time before he rides off into the sunset. But again, like he's almost 80 years old. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's, you know. No offense, but like, let's try and get a little bit, you know, younger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Google. I'm like, what's Paramore doing? Yeah. No. Um, we'll discuss tomorrow if we get closer to. God, that's another year. Mm-hmm. Football's over. Uh, baseball <laughs> still over. <laughs> See y'all in July. Yeah. Oh, did you see um, what the uh, MLB owners put out today? No. Uh, basically, they put they're pushing the spring training back a week when it was supposed to start. That sounds about right. Pitchers yeah. and catchers were supposed to port, report on Monday. Yeah, or Tuesday. Yeah, and they said they don't have a agreement in place by February twenty eighth. The season is going to start on time. And I'm like, well. The season ain't gonna start on time. <laughs> yeah. Is it um, is it too soon to get the weekend again? Because he just did it a couple of years ago. I think yeah. Yeah. That'd be th- what two performances in three years. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're looking at rock, and you're looking at rock that uh, is palatable for mm. I think a lot of people you could look at maybe Tame Impala but he's Australian so I don't know if he would even want to do it and I don't know if you know if you know they want to stick with just American artists I don't know I don't know what their thinking is well, I mean they well yeah they've done the who and you too but um, but he's like a, a festival headliner that does you know does pretty well. Uh, looking, I mean, if they want to go back, if they want to do like they did with the um, with the G Funk Super Bowl and go back with Rock a little bit, they can just scoop up like five or six people off of this when we were young tour that's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Kim, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Avril Lavigne, Jimmy Eat World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just bring back this song from from my high school and college days. I won't complain. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers are uh, oh going on tour again, but they they've are, done it. But oh, that's right, they have done it. They were with uh, shit. Were they with Bruno? Bruno, yeah. Which which was uh, a good it was a good performance, but uh, they didn't play their instruments, so or their instruments weren't plugged in, so that was a big controversy. Uh, I have a lot. 
Red Hot Chili Peppers get two big thumbs up from me. So if, if they if they decide to do one just them all by themselves, I'd be in. Has Lenny Kravitz done it? Because I think that would be like he's got enough. You know what? I think hits. he may have been with um in one of those Super Bowls where someone else. Mm. God, let me look. Because he's a guy that you know he's got lots of hits. Yep, 2015. Katy Perry was the main attraction, but he was there along with Missy uh, Elliott. They could go Foo Fighters, who I don't think have done. Or maybe they have. I don't know. No, I don't think they have. Uh, I think. Nope, they have not. I'm on Wikipedia. I got all the um, the performers up, and I'm just control effing names. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. You know, Shania Twain's done a Super Bowl halftime performance. Creed has done a Super Bowl halftime performance. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. They did one of the greatest of all time in Dallas. Do yourself a favor and watch their perform their halftime performance on YouTube after we're done after we're done recording. You'll be blown away. <laughs> Are you sure it's a halftime performance and not like Not one of the um, Thanksgiving games. God, I just control F Creed and it's not up here. Oh, oh, you might be right then. Dang, I thought it was Creed. I thought it was Super Bowl, but still watch it. <laughs> watch it regardless. All right. All right. So let's move on. Done with football until spring training. Um, Spring training, don't football until OTAs. Draft. Um, yeah, I guess depending on what they do with uh Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and like we just said, baseball, we may not get a hundred games this year the way it's going. Yeah, so let's move to basketball finally. We were supposed to do a basketball podcast last year after Christmas, and then we got around to it. <laughs> but here we're here now. How are you feeling about your Houston Rockets, who are currently today's the 18th? They're currently 15 and 43. Well, there's always next year. So earlier this week, I was. Uh, watching game, I was like, man, I don't, I can't remember the last time the Rockets were just this bad. And so I went to Basketball Reference to look up the history. So last year the Rockets went seventeen and fifty-five. They're on the way to another losing record this year. Do you know the last time the Rockets had back-to-back losing seasons? Uh, back-to-back losing seasons. Mm-hmm. Back to back, then back to back seasons under five hundred. I guess was it the eighties when they drafted Hakeem? It was, and it's crazy. The 
1982 and 1983 seasons. And then they got Akeem. <laughs> That's the last time this team has had back-to-back sub-500 seasons. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the Rockets don't win enough for certain people's taste, but in their history, they've been a pretty consistent playoff team. This would be their 55th season in the NBA, and they've made the playoffs in 34 of them. Comes out to a 61% uh, playoff percentage. I mean, I did the math on some other teams like um, Sacramento, who are, I think, barely in the 40s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the Rockets don't win the finals. You know, they're not the last team standing, but they'll at least – you're going to have – for, more often than not, you're going to have an enjoyable season that ends in the playoffs. Right. I mean, uh, what was the number? 34 out of 55? Yes, sir. 34 out of 55 um, playoff appearances? Yes. Two championships in that time. Multiple West, uh, multiple, multiple NBA finals appearances. Two championships. Multiple Western Conference finals appearances i mean you know the the you know the organization's legacy is intact i mean they've always more times than not have been a good team and a competitive team and you know they're just in a new a new phase at this point yeah it's a you know a new owner oh you know New ish, Carol Dawson. Yeah, new ish, cheap ish owner. Not Carol Dawson, Les Alexander for so many years, and um, you know, yeah, this is yeah, it's definitely a new phase in, in this organization's uh, history, and like all kind of reboots and resets, it's a little bit, it's pretty bumpy at this point. You know, not you know. We can't sugarcoat it. It's not a good time. The team is not good, but it's very it's a very young team at the same time. Um, but you know, the fact that they have a core group of guys that you know they want to keep, that's promising. Yeah, it's promising. I mean, they drafted four rookies in last year's draft, and three of them have been, you know, pretty consistent on this team so far. Mm-hmm. Uh Jalen Green. You know he was he was hurt earlier in the season, but he can play well. And if you think about it, let's say it takes three years for these guys to gel, to really get something going. Right, that's a long mm-hmm. time. That's uh, not a an ideal um, time frame. You know, no nobody wants their team to go through that many years of of uh, losing. But if you think about it, like if these guys all develop together in three years, LeBron James will be very close to the end, if not already done. Steph Curry will be three years older. KD will be three years older. You know, not not in their no longer in their primes, no longer the dominant forces. I mean, you'll have maybe Joel Embiid and John Morant as like the faces of the of basketball in that time, like taking over for this current generation that, you know, mm-hmm. is getting close to, to their, the end of their primes. 
that's a good that's a good window for that team you know for for a young developed team to to start making some noise not necessarily winning a title not necessarily you know being the best team in basketball but getting back to you know a competitive um squad yeah some things I just really I want to talk about the trade deadline and things that the Rockets did and didn't do. Um, okay. The one thing that I thought they were definitely going to do was trade away uh, Eric Gordon. Yeah. And um and also Christian Wood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Christian Wood guy. It really seems like he thinks he's better than he really is. And I understand you might be the best player on a sorry team, but just because <laughs> you're um, you're a D a B minus player and the rest of your team is a bunch of C pluses, it doesn't make you a great player. Yeah, and you know his ego was inflated with his salary. You know they went they went and that was their big acquisition. They gave him a lot of money and. You know he's he's played up to that contract. I think he's fine. He, he is hasn't fine. Exce- he hasn't he, exceeded that contract. He is a serviceable big man, right? But he he's not out here like um, Giannis or no. um, Embiid or anything. No, I mean he's not even. I mean, you, gosh, I mean. It will take us forever, but not even a top 30 player, would you say? No. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, serviceable, certainly. So the one move that the Rockets did, they traded away Daniel Theus, um, sent him to the Celtics in return for Dennis Schroeder and Mm -hmm. Ennis Freedom, and then they immediately waived Freedom. (laughs) Which brought me so much joy because that guy has become such a um, just a right wing troll. Dennis Schroeder? No, um, Ennis. He's in his freedom. The whole change his name to freedom and then attacking LeBron James about Canada, uh, not Canada, about China and all these other things. It's like, you're only only included in the trade? Yeah, and then they waved him like five minutes after. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he's such a dick. I'm so glad he's not on my team. <laughs> um, I saw someone said, oh, what the hell are the Rock is going to do with freedom? And someone replied, um, well, CPAC is coming up, so that he'll be preparing for that. <laughs> um, so that's, that's about the only thing they did. Um, did they keep uh, Schroeder? Yeah, Schroeder's still here. He's gonna be backup point guard. He's gonna be that veteran guy on the floor that they that they need because they are not playing John Wall. No, I mean, would have been nice if they would have because it would have definitely you know resulted in a few more wins. But they're not. I mean, it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know what they do with John Wall. That's a lot of money to eat to just let him sit on the bench. It's 44 this year, and he has a um, a player option for 47 next year, and he's definitely taking 
course. Uh, picking up the option. But if he picks up that option, he's basically going to be back on the Rockets bench until they buy him out. Mm-hmm. And I don't see cheap men uh, Frittata for t- for <laughs> uh, paying for that. How much do you think he'd pay out of that? Oof, man. Would he rather pay $47 million for John Wall to sit all next year or pay him 80% of that to buy him out? Uh, no, I think he'd rather pay him to sit. Because I want to know what the what the number is that they can agree to that um Tillman would pay him out. Because he's not getting it this year, so he's going to be back on the Rockets next year, and there 80, is eighty no- percent of forty-seven million is uh, thirty-seven, mm-hmm. just under thirty-eight million. <laughs> um, I think Tillman just says, "I'll just keep you for the extra ten million. Yeah, knowing him, he would try and buy him out for twenty-five. Yeah, it- twenty or twenty-five. But I think if you keep him, at least, at least he's an asset that you could potentially. Move, move to where? Because <laughs> the problem with John Wall is he makes too much money for what he is right now. He's not a superstar player, like right. It's not his fault. Injuries sapped him of what he was, but he's no longer that superstar that commands nearly fifty million dollars a year. No, you're absolutely right. Um, the thing is, so my question is, what team does he go that he, that he goes to that can absorb his contract? And be comfortable with him basically being a second banana at nearly fifty million a year. No, it's I, <laughs> I, I mean, it, like it's a with, it's a good point, but I think if you're Tillman, you you pay him the full amount and keep that one percent chance that you could find a trade partner, as opposed to. Paying him to get rid of him and then not having anything, getting absolutely nothing, you know, like taking that 1% and dropping it all the way to 0%, that there's 0% chance that you can move him and, and get something in return. I just want to know who, who, like right now, who, show me a team that you think is a John Wall away from making a run at the playoffs that can take that kind of salary or has that kind of salary to trade back. Right. There's not a lot of teams. There's, there's, I mean, you look at some of these teams, you look at the Clippers, their owner has a lot of money. Yeah. But they're already up against the salary cap right now Mm -hmm. as we speak. I mean, they're still paying, they're paying, um, Oh, I, you know, I have this thing where I can see people's faces, but I cannot remember their names for the life of me. Kawhi. So Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George, yep. Uh, Dallas is a possibility. You think John Wall can play effectively with, uh, with Luka? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, again, he... He'd probably have to become a bench guy. I don't know. Maybe Milwaukee because 
there's no denying who the guy is on that team. It's always going to be Giannis. And he made it work last year with uh, P.J. Tucker at the point guard. Milwaukee Bucks is already super over the cap. Mm. And if he's playing point guard, so what do you do? Because Giannis, let's see. I am going to next year. Giannis will be making 27. Huh? His money's go down? We went from like. Yeah, okay. That was acting up. So next year, Giannis makes 42 million. Mm-hmm. So you got what he, what he makes. Chris Middleton. I should just go to the multi year summary. Middleton, Drew Holiday still there. Brooke Lopez. That's about. No, that's not about. That's $100 million between those three players right there. <laughs> and, like, who you, who you trade? You're trading Drew Holiday for John Wall? I'd rather have Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see him getting traded at all because I can't see a team that needs him. I mean, you're basically trying to say, I think John Wall can come back and be the old John Wall. But at forty-seven million dollars and twenty twenty-two is it's a big risk. Yeah. So I. So then, if you're Tillman, then what what do you do if you're if you're Tillman Fertitta? If you're Tillman Fertitta, you hope that someone gets knocked out early and becomes desperate enough. Right. Yeah, I agree. To make a move. Um, and see if you can get some draft picks because I mean, it's possible. You heard the rumor that like um, the Lakers were feeling around for a trade involving John Wall and Russell and uh, Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how the Rockets will feel about getting Westbrook back considering they got rid of him in the, in the first, first place. place. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about his issues in a moment. But getting that first round pick in, I think it's 2027. It, that was what? Where did we get that pick? Oh, it because that would be the pick the Lakers would have to attach to. I think it's 2027 oh, okay. or 22. Yeah, it's a long off draft pick because in the NBA, you can't trade. Uh, your first round picks and back to back years. Mm-hmm. Thanks to good old Ted Steepian. It's literally a rule. For those of you who not know, Ted Steepian was the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the day. And he made so many trades, just trade around his first round picks that when he sold the team, the NBA had to gift the Cavaliers draft picks. And that's when they, they made the uh, ruling. It's called the steeping rule where you cannot trade your first round picks and back to back drafts. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That is a very interesting uh bit of history for the NBA. <clears throat> All 
don't know. Maybe if the God, maybe I don't know. I was gonna say maybe the Jazz get desperate because the Jazz, Jazz. Do you play spades? Do you ever play no. spades? Okay, then you're not gonna say it. But the Jazz, they keep trying to make the Jacks walk and they ain't walking because Rudy Gobert <laughs> can do all this shit in the regular season and be the defensive player of the year as many years as he wants to be. When it comes to the playoffs, all teams have the same idea. They've been running it for about four years now. They're just gonna attack him on the perimeter and get him to shuffling in his feet. And it never worked well for him. Uh, James Harden did it. Uh, uh, what's his name on the uh, on the Suns? Booker did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Shit, the Lakers did it a couple of nights ago. He just cannot keep up with small guys on perimeter, and he's gonna have the same issue this year. That's why uh, when I was looking earlier, saying who would I pick to make the finals is not the Jazz because I can't trust them. No, they have been good enough to just miss out yeah. on the finals. The Jazz, the in their history, they've always felt like they're the bridesmaid, not the bride. Yeah. That goes all the way back to the Stockton Malone years. Oh, yeah. Oh, very frustrating years. Yeah. But... Frustrating for them. Fuck the Jazz. No, for us, because they would they they beat us a couple of years to you know get to the finals. Yeah, fuck the Jazz. I stand with that. <laughs> Give the name back to the to New Orleans. <laughs> right. Ain't nothing jazzy or cool about Utah, man. Back to the Rockets. I mean, I'm gonna watch the rest of these games. I'm gonna see. All you can do right now is just hope for development. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then when the offseason comes, we'll see if anyone can get traded. Uh, I'll be once again, I'll be shocked again if Eric Gordon or Christian Wood make it to the beginning of 2022 in Rockets uniforms. And then they'll draft within the top three or four. And we'll run it back trying to make it to 500 next year. <laughs> oh, God, the glory days are gone. Yeah, they're not coming back anytime soon. Speaking of Rockets glory days, you want to talk about one James Harden? Sure. So James Harden finally got what he wanted, traded to Philadelphia. Package include um, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry going back to Brooklyn. When... I first saw this deal go down. I was talking to my brother, as always, and I was like, oh, I love this deal for um, for Philadelphia because they're basically getting nothing out of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And my brother reminded me, well, Ben Simmons is still an all-world defender. He's going to a team where he's not going to be asked to shoot, and he's going to be surrounded with the best scoring guy in the league and um, Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving when he can play and Seth Curry who is like one of the best three-point shooters the past couple of years Mm -hmm. so a lot of what basically I'm 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 putting my faith in is is James Harden has he just been hurt or is he on the back nine right now and like I don't know yeah, it's that's a really tough one. I mean, he because he has been hurt 
at the beginning of the year, he was having issues. Him and Trey Young were the poster boys. Uh, we're not calling that shit anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get away. Get out of here with that um, insurance fraud. But lately, <laughs> he's been getting back to the rim and, you know, back to the free throw line. The biggest issue with James Harden, it's twofold, right? He's always been the guy that's out there playing, like, whatever season he's always out there playing he, he plays heavy minutes and that's mm-hmm. why when the playoffs come he he's basically burnt out and he's been doing that for over 10 years now so what if he go like what if he just constantly burned out because he wasn't you know they just have the low management you know you know you play these two games to take this third game off and that was never james harden and to his detriment when it came to playoffs. So that's one thing. And also he's not that good of a shooter. Like one thing about James Harden, he'll always take the three point shots, but he like, if I don't think he's better than a, um, I want to say 36% three point shooter in his career. Yeah. I mean, he's had some good, 30, he had a couple yeah. of good. He's just been a volume three-point shooter. And, you know, you play the math. If you shoot 12 right. threes a game and four of them go in, you know, that's 12 points and that opens up the offense and everything. But you're still only a 33% three-point shooter. Right. right. And that was the Rockets offense for a very long time. Like he has these years with the Rockets where he's shooting 10, 13, 12 three-pointers a game. Mm-hmm. But he but he never got higher than 68, uh, 36%. And for his career, just like I said, he's a 36% free throw shooter. He's just a volume shooter. He's not a great shooter. Right. So what happens if he can't shoot and he can't move like he used to? Two of the things he needs to have with him when he's playing with Embiid. Because Embiid, he he's top three in MVP discussion right now is him, Giannis and, um, uh, who, oh boy from Denver. Um, Joe, Jokic. Jokic. Yep. Yeah. He just needs the shooting, you know, the same shooting that Ben Simmons couldn't provide. If, if James Harden can provide, this might go down badly for Philadelphia. This year, he's shooting 33% on three-pointers. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, I mean, the bottom line is he has not been the same since he left Houston. And all, I think all of the factors are coming in, you know, injuries and burnout and bothered time. I mean, I think it's, you asked, like, if it was any one, I think it's, the, I think it's a combination of all of them. You know, it might have been the best thing to get rid of him while we did, you know, when we did, just because the numbers he was putting up with Houston, like how much longer could he, could he have realistically put those numbers up continued with all that. So um, this, if anything, they just better hope that, that they're, that they make the most of this season. Cause that's a very win now trade you make and that whatever draft picks they got in return, pan out whenever they you know whenever they're used 
So James Harden played eight full years in Houston, right? <clears throat> Every year mm-hmm. except for one, he shot 10 free throws a game. The one year he missed, he only shot <laughs> nine. He in the two years, well, uh, two, a year and a half since he's left Houston, his high is eight a game, and that's this year. He's not yeah. getting the free throw line like he used to, he's not hitting threes like he used to. And is it age? Is it injury? Is it something I just thought? It's about. all of that. No, is it being burnt out because you're playing with a dude who comes and sages games and you can't trust him to be right? I can't. Kyrie Irving annoys me for a bunch of reasons, but this is one of the biggest ones. This would be like if you invited me to go play uh, softball. And then, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I got this other guy. He's going to be the second best guy of the game. And then I came to the field, and I was like, hey, where's the other dude? And you're like, oh, he can only he only plays once every three games. I'm like, <laughs> just because of vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I mean, and, you know, another thing about Harden is, you know, he goes into a situation where he's no longer the number one option. Mm-hmm. So the ball is not in his hands as much when you're going to the team with, at the time with, you know, a fully running Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who was, you know, getting his legs back under, under him after being out with that Achilles injury. But when he's healthy, he's proven that he's still, you know, KD. So, you know, he goes into a system where he goes to a super team where he's not the primary guy anymore. Mm -hmm. So that, that, again, that takes, that takes touches away from him. And, you know, those numbers are, you know, definitely going to drop. Do you think he's going to have the same issue? Because he's not going to be the number one guy with Embiid in Philadelphia. I think he gets maybe a slight uptick in, in points. But, no, I mean, Embiid is, you know, he's the guy. He's playing like the best player in basketball right now. He had back-to-back nights of, what, 52 and 47 points? Mm-hmm. That whole Brooklyn situation was just it was a, a master class in not trusting your homeboy. <laughs> because Kevin Durant, like from all accounts, Kevin Durant, yeah, he wanted to go to New York, but he wanted to go to the Knicks. And then Kyrie mm-hmm. basically talked him out of it and um, decided to go to the Nets and said, how the hell are you going to ask me and talk to me and say we should go to a team, and then I get to the team, your ass ain't there. <laughs> you ha- you here half the time. Mm-hmm. You're not doing everything possible to win. Uh, I don't know. It's all a situation where you got your homeboy, and your homeboy has his homeboy, but you ain't cool with his homeboy. Like I, like apparently, like Harden and Kyrie do not get alone along. I, mean, I don't blame. Dude, like I understand three massive egos. Like yeah, but I understand. I understand people don't like James Harden because of everything he's done in the past. But yeah. there's no way you can look at the situation and be like, "Oh, James is in the wrong for not wanting to play with Kyrie." We have all, we've all worked with people who are just massive dicks and think they know more than they actually do. And there's yeah, 
there is nothing more enjoyable when that motherfucker is fired <laughs> or quits or whatever, or you get to quit, whatever. There's nothing more enjoyable than getting away from that situation. And that's exactly what James, I don't blame him for wanting out of that situation. Mm-hmm. You thought it was going to go one way and then old boy decided he didn't want to come to work all the time. Right. But I think Daniel might, might have been right. I think this trade is going to be more. It might. It's probably going to be more advantage for the um, advantageous for the Nets, but it's going to look better for um, the Sixers just because right now they are so far ahead of the, of the Nets in standings. The Sixers yeah, no. are thirty-five and twenty-three. They're third in the uh, in the East. Meanwhile, the Nets are in the AC right now, thirty-one and twenty-eight. Yeah, I mean the trade is definitely a very, very much so a win-now trade for for Philly. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they better hope it works out. I mean. You look at the East right now, it is wide open. Mm-hmm. Didn't the Hawks make it to the Eastern Finals last year? I think so, yeah. I can't remember to make Eastern Fire. They just made the second round. Right now, they're sitting in the 10th seed. They be in the playoff game against <laughs> uh, the Hornets. Cleveland is one of the top teams in the East. <laughs> you, bro, that came out of nowhere. If you, they're about out of that top 10, there's about, mm, I would say, seven teams that you told me they made it to the finals. I wouldn't be surprised. Heat, Bulls, 76ers, Bucks, uh, Nets, Hawks, mm, and they're mm-hmm. kind of iffy on the Raptors. So about six, six and a half. And then you say the Cavs, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I had like until I started looking at the standings like last week, I had no idea they were so high. They're fourth right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had a, a number the number two pick last year, this year. No, no. They had the or number number three. Three. Yeah. Because right. Jalen Green was number two. That's right. They picked Evan Mobley. Uh, any other teams in the East you want to talk about? No, I think we've covered the main ones that you know need covering at this point. Yeah, we'll talk more a little bit later. Um, you think the Knicks are ever going to get right? No, they just lost that game um, a couple nights ago. They're up like twenty-eight in the third quarter against the uh, the Nets, who were without Irie and without Kyrie and KD. Yeah. And Simmons. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that too. Yeah, no, they're. I mean, they're back to being a joke. Yeah, that. Uh, I got nothing. Sad on the. You think one of these years they would actually just pee through and get like a top four seed, and they'd be consistently good, but. They don't have the personnel in place right now. All right. 
over to the West. There's only one team I want to talk about. And I'm here to make fun of them. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah. Nice seed in the West. Currently sitting at 27 and 31. Um, funny enough, they're closer in the standings to the Rockets than they are the first place Phoenix Suns. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect when you look this? As smart as LeBron James is, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say he is one of the smartest guys in basketball. He's a very smart businessman, obviously. Um, smart ball player. And when you're when you're in his position, whether whether he accepts it or not, and in this case, he obviously accepts it. But he's playing GM as well, mm-hmm. right? He's been doing that since he left Miami. Yeah. He should know by now that this this never works out well. Putting together these teams with these one-time, you know, these these former stars, guys that are clearly on the downside. It, it more times than not, it never works. Look at the Lakers when they had Kobe, Shaq, Malone, was it Rodman, and Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. They didn't win a title. That was considered that could have been one of the greatest teams of all time. That's an all-star team in the nineties, but they were all past the prime and they they weren't going to get it done. And there was not enough time for them to create chemistry together. So yeah, he's been playing with Anthony Davis, but the guy is a walking injured reserve list at this point. Yes. He's out for four weeks as we speak. Yeah. I mean, he's just an injury waiting to happen every night uh, but you go and get Westbrook and you take the ball out of his hands so he's not playing his game anymore so that he's no longer that same guy uh, and then the rest of the you know the rest of the squad is not you got rid of your young talent in ball and, and Kuzma what did you expect I mean this is it is hilarious and it's sad because it's you know it's LA and they're supposed to be you know, big time, but you know, it's just they're no good. So I want to, I just I'm not sure where to start. So where should I start? Let's start with Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. When it was announced that the Lakers were trading for Russell Westbrook, there are people on Twitter that held a space and there was one particular Russell Westbrook fan. She had been a fan of his since the Oklahoma days and she was defending him and saying it was a good trade. And I'm listening to the, the, the stream and everything. And I decided to DM my boy Dex and I saw, I was like, I thought they had a deal ready to go for buddy uh, healed from Sacramento. And I was like, I'd rather have Buddy Hill because he's a better shooter mm-hmm. and he's younger mm-hmm. and he costs less, which means that the Lakers will have money to do things like sign back Alex Caruso and they'd be able to, you know, do more than just take on minimum salary players. Right. That, that was my, big, my biggest thing about Russell Westbrook 
just the money and he been it seemed like he was on the downcline and you know the triple doubles are a nice shiny thing to point to and also what does russell westbrook do that lebron james doesn't already do for you i can't think of anything like he's not a better post player he's not a better shooter not a better assist man it's like you got a smaller version of lebron james and thought that was going to be all right when that's never been all right in lebron james's history you need if whenever lebron has been his best it's when he's been surrounded by superstars that do different things the way he does and shooters right and you had a shooter in kuzma in ball caruso Guys that, you know, I mean, Ball obviously had his his issues, but, you know, um, but they're young enough where you can still work with them and help them still develop. And you gave up on that young core. Yeah, and Anthony Davis, I understand selling the farm for Anthony Davis. I would do the same thing 100 times out of 100. We got to accept that the Anthony Davis we saw in the bubble was an aberration. Mm -hmm. He's never had a shooting stretch like that in his entire career. Is he He, a Hall of Fame player? No. He's Hall of Very Good, but he's not Hall. If there's another Hall of Fame player on this team, well, two more because come on, Anthony's definitely making it. But, um, Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer before Anthony Davis is. I agree. And actually, going back, it's a shame that Dwight Howard was left off that top 75 list just because people don't like him. Mm. Uh, you go look at what he's done in his career and you take all the personal shit out of it. And he's, he's not only Great. top 75, he's probably one of the top 50 players of all time. But going back to this, Anthony Davis just isn't that guy. And that's fine. He's not the superstar. He's not the guy. He's the second banana. He's not the guy who's going to be leading your team to uh, a championship. And that's that's fine on this team. The problem, the problem is when you got him, Wessel Westbrook playing at a dimension amount, and you're relying so heavily on LeBron James to do everything. It's not going to work. It's going to burn him out, and he's misses the playoffs. Gets hurt and misses the playoffs. This will be his fourth year in L.A., LeBron James. Mm-hmm. First year, they missed the playoffs. Second year, they win the title in the bubble. And, yeah, it's a title, but still, it's the bubble. And it's beginning to look like they're going to flame out in the playoffs this year, just like it did last year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know flags fly forever. That's one of the mantras we have here um, and, and uh, our little podcast. Do whatever you can to win. But this is definitely going to feel like a disappointment if they only get one title out of this. And also of one title that people are kind of denigrating because it happened under such crazy situation. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Anthony Davis had a shooting streak that he's never had before in his life. And of LeBron course. also didn't beat the best player in the NBA Finals. You can make the argument that it would have been a a bigger deal if he had beaten Giannis in the Finals. He he beat a good Miami team with a good uh, Jimmy Butler 
but Jimmy Butler is not considered a top five player. Giannis is a top five player. Um, gosh, uh, KD, you know, top five guy. Yeah, that bubble title is always going to look odd no matter what happens. They just don't – there's nothing it's you can like, say about this team. You can't fix this team. There's no – what are you going to do? You can't, you're not going to trade James. You're not going to trade Davis. You can't trade Westbrook. And you don't have the money to really bring anybody in who's going to help this team better. Any buyouts that you're going to get between now and the end of the season, it's going to be guys who are washed up chasing a ring. Mm-hmm. You can only do that so many times. And when they did that, when they won. Let's see. Right now, they're in the playoff, the play-in tournament. Sorry, mm-hmm. nice seed. So they would take on the Portland Trailblazers, and they won that game. They would have to play either the Timberwolves or the Clippers uh, for the seventh or eighth seed. Like if they got knocked out that first game against the Blazers, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-mm, I wouldn't either. Because you are going to get a fresh game. He's going to come back yeah. in That's, time. Yeah. There's just no fixing team, man. I don't know what they do next year. I think they got – I think Westbrook has a player option just like Wall does. Yep, $47 million player option. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way he turned that money down. Yeah, I mean, we, we always agree. And another thing, another mantra of ours at this little podcast is always go get your money. Yeah, 100%. But with basketball, man, these, these salaries are just they're, – they're team killers. The problem is the tax uh, – not the tax, but the cap. Mm-hmm. You know, this happens in baseball. Yeah, you get the luxury tax, but you can still afford it, especially mm-hmm. you make a deep enough run in the playoffs. You'll make your money back hand over fist. But when you're hard capped like this – yeah, I mean, it's not James Harden's – it's not Russell Westbrook's problem or John Wall's problem that they're worth or that they were valued at these amounts. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's on the owners. You know, they want to spend that kind of – they want to throw that kind of money around. You know, that's, yeah. that's not the, the player's problem. Yeah, you got to the, give them the money that they deserve, but you also have to build the team around them. and. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to Bamani Jones today talking to uh, Foxworth, Dominic Foxworth. They were talking about how basically LeBron should have never left Miami because he left Miami to go to Cleveland and Los Angeles. He basically left a good organization for two bad ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was like thinking the Lakers. I was like, are the Lakers a bad organization? And I'm like, you know what? They've been bad ever since uh, Jerry Buss died. Yeah. It's been um, the Buss kids running it. Mm-hmm. There's so how many good organizations are there in basketball right now? Like ownership down. Uh, Miami. I would say Milwaukee. Yes, I agree with you. Um, we say Celtics. Yeah, because they've been consistent. They, yeah. you know, they've. 
Yeah, once they got good again, they, even oh, after, even after their super team mm-hmm. went away, they 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 uh, they kept the, the the train running. You know, I'm putting the 76ers up there. They did the rebuild, and no matter what you say after that, they paid everyone they could in order to keep winning. Mm-hmm. And Bede, Simmons got his contract. Um, Tobias Harris, even though he's overpaid a little bit, he still got his money. Mm-hmm. Elton Brand, you know, they've done what they what they could to win a championship. And, you know, you see with the James Harden trade. Um, oh, did you see the picture of um, Daryl Morey hugging uh, James Harden? Yeah. I hope everyone listening to this, you find someone that loves you as much as Daryl Morey loves James Harden. <laughs> they, they, it was a deep hug. I'm sure there was some nest, neck sniffing. It was one of those cinch, like love from the de- depths of your soul. Love. Uh-huh. And it made me cry. Love is real. <laughs> um, so we got the Heat, the 76ers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Raptors? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't, I don't know. I don't know too much about the organizations like at the top. All right. Um, I'm moving on for everybody else in the East. Um, in the West, I would say the Warriors. Uh, definitely not the Phoenix Suns. Too much shit. Yeah, definitely have. the Warriors. Uh, definitely not the Mavericks. No. <laughs> Uh, damn, and the Spurs. Okay, Spurs. So, so we've gone through thirty teams and named seven that we feel good about. Yeah. Hmm. Oh shit, maybe six. Hold on, let me go back. We say Heat, Seventy Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Warriors, Spurs. So going back to that podcast, but my point was basically you gotta like you're LeBron, you gotta put your trust into you know an organization and believe they they have the best intentions for you. And what he did was basically go to other teams and try to be the GM. And you can say that it worked for him at both in both Cleveland and LA because he won rings in both. But it's got to be a little disappointing that they only won one ring in each location. Well, and also it only benefits him because look how many years it took for Cleveland to get good or to surprise everybody and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, when he leaves LA. It's gonna be oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be scorched earth. But again, like I said earlier, if you're a team that hasn't won a title in forever, like the Cavs, like would you take 15 years of misery if in year eight you got a title out of it? I guess, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to try. If ten, probably definitely. Mm-hmm. If you, I get ten years, you know what? It was. It's like exactly because they weren't always bad when they had LeBron. 
It was just that little stretch when he was gone and the stretch for. So let's say you got 10 years of misery, one title, and then four years of playoff runs for over a 15 year span. Would you take that? Yeah, because it means because it, it's more titles than most other teams. Mm-hmm. Because in that time, you got Golden State winning, you got Miami winning, LA and what San Antonio at that time. Yes, San Antonio beat um, they beat Miami. the Heat. Yeah, it's basically four or five other teams that are ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you you take it. I think so. Um, I think the Lakers, just like the Yankees, they have to get used to just being another team. You don't, you're not, you don't have this, the advantages that you had before where you're, you know, guaranteed to be in the finals of the world series Mm -hmm. every other year. Yeah. Um, who do you think wins the finals? Who do you? Ooh, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with with the Bucks because they're the defending champions. Mm-hmm. They are what top three seed in the East. They're currently in number five. Number five, okay. Um, uh, but despite uh, being number five, they are two and a half games back behind uh, Miami right now. A good. Uh, two weeks for them and a bad two weeks for Miami, they can shoot all the way up to one. Mm-hmm. Despite being the fifth seed, mm-hmm. being the defending champions, they didn't panic and they didn't make a move just to make a move at the deadline. So that means they're confident in the squad that they have. There's a lot of players that, you know, returned from last year. Um, you got to like that confidence. We're still the team to beat. So, uh, and, you know, it's hard to pick against Giannis at this point in his career. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that point. Um, God, I wouldn't be surprised if he's MVP again. Um, just to be different, I'm going to pick the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Uh, they're playing great right now. They're 40, uh, 48 and 10. Yeah. Um, this really isn't like some basketball analysis. This is more like I would like Chris Paul to get a ring. It's not much time left. Yeah. And if it's not the Suns, <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for the Grizzlies. Like, see, it, if John Morant wins a title and he's crowned like the best young player right now, mm-hmm. that'd be amazing because that boy's good. <laughs> I don't have no analysis. I ain't got no numbers. Mm-hmm. That boy just good. Heck yeah. All right. <clears throat> all right. Let's wrap this on up. Um, anything else, my man? That's all I've got. Yeah, same here. All right. Finally gave y'all a basketball podcast. It's good to yeah. talk about it. Felt good. Yeah. A little rusty, but felt good. I agree. Um, so next week we're gonna uh, get back into wrestling. Uh, Crown Jewel will be done. Hopefully, we'll know what the hell is happening on the road to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. We got picture should be much clearer. Hopefully, 
Um, so we'll talk about all the news that's happened um, from Cody Rhodes uh, free agency to Keith Lee's um, appearance in AEW, all the stuff that's happened. Lack of free agency. Now. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. This is gone. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about all that next week. We'll have fun with it. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Always, always, always. always. Oh, uh, programming note I'm bothering, I'm currently heckling and bothering my brothers uh, for. Um, to start our two bros talk podcast again and we're yeah gonna re- we're gonna reformat so we're just a bunch of old heads talking about video games i like it <laughs> yeah because uh he just got a nintendo switch i got one and um yeah we're just gonna be talking about you know two two black guys in their 30s playing old video games finding time in this busy world <sighs> So, Stay tuned to that, folks. Yeah. For that, folks. Yeah, it's he moved. Good. He moved to a place with more stable internet. So we're gonna see if we can get it working. God, good. good Fingers good. crossed. <laughs> All right, so let's get out of here. Um, thanks for listening, sharing, downloading. We appreciate each of you, and we will be back next week talking about some wrestling. For Anthony, I'm the Quincy. Later.